Welcome to the Care to Change podcast. We are grateful to have you join us today. We are concluding this month's series on healing from our past with a conversation between April and our counselor, Mike Spencer, as they discuss healing from adoption. Thank you for being a part of this conversation as we hope to offer you practical solutions for positive change. Hello, everyone. This is April Bordeaux, the director here at Care to Change, and I am so glad, as always, that you have chosen to spend this time with us today. We are closing out a series on healing this month. We have had some really great discussion on how to find healing from and through and with a related to very difficult seasons and circumstances in life that we don't often control. And so this month we've talked about um, what's known as ACEs or adverse childhood experiences. We've talked about how to heal from trauma. We've talked about how to heal from loss and grief and tragedy. And today we're going to talk about a little bit of a different, very unique and specialized topic, how to heal from adoption. And I, I want to begin just by recognizing that, again, we're in the middle of uh, Suicide Awareness and Prevention Month. And what we know is the antidote to this is knowing that you have someone to uh, walk this journey with you, um, that you are not a burden, that there is hope for whatever it is that you're experiencing. There, there is hope and that you're not alone. And so we just really want you to know that we are here for you to walk this journey with you. It's our honor to walk through all of these topics that we present on our podcast to you. We never throw you fluff. We're giving you the real stuff um, with real people, really experienced clinicians who share. And so you are not alone. Um, We're here to offer you really practical solutions for whatever life is throwing at you because we know that it's not if it's when as a human uh, that we'll experience some of these struggles. Today we have a special guest. Um, I always love it when Mike Spencer is with us. I'm again here with my pen and paper well, my (laughs) remarkable to take notes. I always love to be here. Mike, so thank you for joining us. And just so the, the listeners know that Healing from adoption, when we created this series, the intent wasn't really to talk about how to heal from the impact of being adopted. This is more today because we talk a lot about building connections and right. how to and, and attachment and how to heal from trauma and those things that are associated mm-hmm. with, you know, with adoption. Today is really focused on how to heal as an adoptive parent, because often adoption in reality doesn't look a lot like what the sweet adoption videos show. No, it doesn't. And so there are sweet moments. There are sweet moments, but the reality is adoption is, and I, and I don't want to deter anyone away because we know the heart of God is in adoption. Mm -hmm. And so, but we also want to really, again, we want to address real issues here on this podcast. And the reality is we know that parents who adopt children really have a different experience of life in parenting. Right. Yes. That's very much so. Than parents with biological children. And so 
we want to just well, I want to walk into this tenderly because I know that we were we were kind of joking about parenting um, earlier um, today during a recording when I said I remember early on after I had my first child joking like oh my gosh it's so much easier to run an organization than to be a parent because you right. can't fire your kids. And That's right. <laughs> you can't put them on a corrective action plan. No. And, and then Mike said, well, and they can't fire you either. or They can't quit, <laughs> right? So parenting isn't like some of the other challenges because it's a right. continual life journey and yep. kids grow and develop. And so as a parent, ages and stages bring new issues. And so it's this continually evolving process. Yes, it is. That yeah. continually brings new challenges. And then you add on this topic of adoption. And I cannot even tell you how many times, you know, even parents say, I don't understand why I'm seeing this. I, I, I picked up my daughter from the room where she was born. I've had her since day one. Right. So I don't understand this, right? Sure. Or I was involved in the pretty, there's so there's so many myths associated. So we just want to walk into this conversation, recognizing the complexity of this issue. Right. Yeah. Being tender because we know every age and stage brings its own issues and challenges. And also knowing that parenting is happening right now in real time. So this isn't like, okay, how do you deal with trauma that happened two years ago? Right. This is like right You're still now living it. Yeah. I'm in yeah. this fire and I need to know how to heal from everything I've seen and heard and experienced that I didn't expect, or maybe I expected, but I didn't really expect to this right. degree. How do I heal when I'm in the middle of this? And so that's what today is about. And I right. just, I just want to recognize the beauty and the holiness and the, and the sacred space that we're in right now, because parenting is sacred space. When you add adoptive parenting, I think right. there's something so beautiful in this space, the opportunity and the honor to be an adoptive parent. It's just a, I mean, sacred is just the word. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in those moments, it doesn't, it's, you don't remember the sacredness <laughs> sometimes in the middle of the fire, right? You're not thinking, Correct. Oh good. I'm being molded. You're thinking right. about how bad the fire is burning. Right. Um, and so I just want to enter this conversation. having laid that foundation and framework and just really recognize and appreciate and honor where our parents are. Right. And in this process and no matter what every adoptive parent at some point feels like, my child is different. Right. This is different for me than what I've been hearing. Right, right. So I'm in this unique position and right. and every child is unique. So I I want to honor also that there's this f like feeling across the board like no no in my situation. Right. Yes. This is why this is different than every other. Yeah. So let's just start the conversation. Mike, how would you like to start this conversation? Well, you know, I think probably for many adoptive parents, it's hard for them to really categorize, even categorize their experience as traumatic. And so let me start with kind of throwing out there a definition of, of trauma that might help us to kind of to engage in the conversation and kind of as a good spot to start. But a simple definition, the trauma as a, as a deeply distressing and disturbing event. And I would kind of maybe add a little to that, that it's what happens 
inside of us as a result of what happens to us. And thus it moves us from the need for that we have for connection into the space of a need for protection. Will you say that again? It's a deeply disturbing or distressing experience. And it's something that happens inside of us as a result of what happens to us. And that thus replaces the need for connection that we have for the need for protection. That's a whole lot right there. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And so it's hard when your children's experience puts them into a survival state right and they're in because they're in that survival state they're functioning out of the need for protection and they act and engage as though they need protection from you mm. right and so what that feels like is uh, can be often an attack and so you then not only through knowing their own experiences and knowing what they've gone through which can cause trauma but also you experience the, the trauma of, of, of their movement towards you, against you to protect themselves from you, um, what they perceive they need to do, um, because they're not in the space where they can have that need for connection met at that moment because they're trying to protect themselves, mm, often is, in hostile ways. And it's a cycle, right? Right. And so all of a sudden now you're thrown into that need mm-hmm. to protect yourself. How does somebody recognize they're in that? Well, I, I think that's a really good question. And, and I, I think that for some ways that, I mean, that's things that happen as a result are things that show up like you get aroused way too easily and mm-hmm. too, so over arousal, your body gets worked up really fast and really big. Kind of a, you know, you start avoiding things that remind you of, uh, of behaviors of, of negative experiences with the ki- with your kiddos, and sometimes triggers actually you almost like you almost like re-experience what happened between you and your kids when you, when you had that fallout or that argument or that explosion. Yeah, and it's like you you can't think about it without actually feel like you're in it. Gene mm-hmm. said two weeks ago in her episode. And I'm, I'm not, this isn't a verbatim quote, but it's something like when you feel hysterical, it's mostly because of his, it's historical. Right. So hysteria is an indicator of history. So yeah, that hyper great... arousal that you said. Right. That overreaction, that um, sort of, whether it's through avoidance, like a uh, staunch, no way. Your body just is too much, too much. Yeah. yeah. It's like indicative of what has already happened. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it it's that replacement of moving forward to connect with right. moving in a different direction to protect. Yeah. So as adoptive parents and you have regular exposure to the child's trauma, mm. and that leaves parents vulnerable to secondary trauma. We'll talk a little bit about that and how would a parent know that they were experiencing secondary trauma. Well, it's the similar kind of similar kinds of symptoms, but I think when you have had tough experiences, I don't want to use any of my own children's experiences as an example, but when you hear 
things told to you, horrific things that have been done to them, those are some of those kinds of exposure to those kind of events and you are exposed over and over to them, then you end up, you know, if your heart is soft at all, (laughs) those things really hit you and you experience them because this is the child who went through that. And it's your child. Yeah, right here in front of you. This Mm -hmm. is your child. And they went through that. And how you have all these responses you want to have. They move you to sadness. Mm. They move you to want to do something about it. Mm -hmm. You know, you want justice. Mm -hmm. You want to be able to protect them from anything bad happening to them again. Mm -hmm. You have this feeling like, oh, my goodness, because they went through that, I need to be perfect. Mm. And the pressure of that can be unbearable. Right. right? It's it's not healthy Mm -hmm. and doesn't actually help you. It leaves you vulnerable Mm -hmm. to overstating or overweighting your failures, uh, your mistakes too heavily. Parent guilt is already real. Yes. And then you add that element of, I need to overcompensate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how would a parent know that they're experiencing secondhand trauma? Because what I'm sensing from you and what I know, but is that it's deeper than feeling empathetic to their stories, their full stories. Right. It's, there's an impact there because this, you know, this whole series is on healing from. So, right. Um, what are some indicators that there's, it's beyond empathy and it's now impacting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's now impacting them in a a traumatic way. Mm -hmm. Well, let me read you some examples of things people have said. Okay. I was pretty relaxed and calm, confident mom prior to adopting. I am now easily overwhelmed by anxious thoughts. Even when I'm not interacting with my child and just an overall sense that I am not who I was and I'm having trouble experiencing joy even during really happy times. Hmm. My son comes home, my anxiety increases. I'm afraid anything will set him off. When he rages, I can't stop shaking. My stomach also sometimes gets a sick feeling when I can tell his mood is going downhill. Hmm. So there's sort of just a couple examples of some moms and kind of what it's like for them where they began they began to anticipate mm-hmm. the bad that's going to happen that they think is going to happen mm-hmm. yeah and so when you get into that place where you're anticipating it and you're trying to figure out you know how I can get space from this mm-hmm. how I can avoid this rather than actually doing the parenting work you know that you're, you're, you've experienced secondhand trauma. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, this isn't the same, but the, the point is, you know, people who are listening, right. um, you know, therapist, right. will experience secondhand trauma. And it doesn't have to be that That's right. anticipation of, you know, the mood going downhill. So the example that you read, but the impact of that. So mm-hmm. it leaves the person who's experiencing this in a space where difficulty sleeping, being anxious. That's right. um, Having fear, hypervigilant. Right. Bad dreams. Right. um, That's, you know, self-protection. Right. 
Um, and so it leaves this... chronically overwhelmed and mm-hmm. fatigued. Yeah. And so if we know this parenting work is tiring anyway, and intentional parenting right. is tiring when you add this element of, you know, deep empathy or, mm-hmm. um, what it took to even be able to, to get your kids, right. You're already entering in sort of like tired right. for the fight to get them. And then there's so many logistical elements, open, closed, international, domestic. There's all of these logistical things that can yes. add to the story of what you're coming with. That's right. And then, unfortunately, the same way we don't leave our own baggage at the door when we get married. Right. We don't leave our baggage when we, when children enter. That's right. We, we take it with us. Right. And right. so we have our own sort of preconceived notions of what parenting should be like. Right. Should, quote. And what I should be like as a parent. What I should be like as a parent. How I'm going to do it differently. Right. Than everything that I've learned and seen and was modeled. And what I will never do. And how my love's going to be stronger than. Right. What the books say. Right. Yeah. So my child will never. Oh boy. And they're going to know they're loved. And so that'll stop them from, you know. Yes. All those fallacies. So there's this. Um, the impact of secondhand mm-hmm. trauma, mm-hmm. but there's also something in um, Brittany, I think touched on it a little bit last week when she talked about loss and grief, right? There's almost like a grieving process. Yes, there is. Can you share sort of what does grief look like? Because I, I, I see this a lot with adoptive parents. Um, mm-hmm. When I, mm-hmm. when I use the term, you know, there's grief in this, you're grieving, right. Not just right. their story. Right. You're grieving your own. Yeah. What I thought I was going to be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the challenge for that is that many parents don't recognize that that grief is there. Instead, they they quickly go to shame mm. instead of grief. And shame comes out like? Well, it's that, it's that condemning voice, mm-hmm. right, that accuses you, you know, in your thoughts. And you're, you know, you're embarrassed. You don't do things with other families mm. because you're ashamed of that you're, you haven't been able to get your kids to act the way like other people's kids act. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you isolate. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of parents who just are that shame looks a lot like that in that isolation. And isolation is such a breeding ground for shame. Yes. Yeah. You know, cause then and when you're by worse. yourself, you're not connected. Right. And when you're not connected, you're not being validated. And when you're not being validated, well, it must be true. Mm-hmm. So it's like this circle of shame. It's like a big shame pool. There's this grief. There's this secondhand trauma. And then there's what actually happens in the parenting, right? What it was, what it's supposed to be, you know, and, and then there's the everyday exhausted, exhausting sort of element of, is this typical parenting? Is this the result of trauma? I can't parent the way I parented my right. other kids. Right. And even people who are, you know, they've adopted different, you know, multiple right. children. Yes. Well, my first adopted son, it was, it was different. And so I don't right. understand. Right. So even there's. The survival strategies are different. Yeah. Each child is adapting specifically mm-hmm. to figure out what's going to work in this situation. That's right. And so there's a lot of pressure on 
course, of course you want to figure it out. Of course you don't want it to continue. You want them to, you want the attachment uh, in your relationship to be strong and you want it to overcome, you know, those wounds. Mm -hmm. And so you lose sight of this is my child acting out of their wounds Mm. instead of something about you as a parent being wrong or Mm. that they don't love you or that you have failed uh, or that your love wasn't enough, Mm. right? It's so you're experiencing all of those things Mm -hmm. and that's pretty traumatic and and you lose sight and sometimes it you lose sight because you're exhausted Mm -hmm. and that's very real so we have to kind of that's the challenge in many for many of these parents in the situation and having adopted kids and knowing that they need so much of your time Mm -hmm. so that there can be a strong connection a strong attachment finding time is a critical piece Mm. in taking care of yourself yeah, and I I want to I want to sh- shift over into that, but I want to bring up one more reality right. before we go there, and that is this element of I hear a lot of the adoptive parents they will get themselves into adoption groups. So mm-hmm. if they adopted from you know a particular country, they'll get into a, a, a Facebook group or a group chat right. or some sort of a group with other families that are from that country right. or. Right you know, kids with special needs or whatever, whatever makes their situation a little bit different, will find this group of like-minded, you know, again, right. sort of similar situations. And then because, you know, you're looking for support and someone who understands because they've kind of been there. Yes. And then what I hear from parents is there's a time and place and it allows for respite, and I want to talk about that, but okay. it allows for respite to be acceptable, right. you know, appreciated. But there's an element of, well, this is what worked for us. You should try this. Right. Well, have you tried that? Well, make right. sure you do this. Right. Well, how come you haven't done this? And it almost becomes mm-hmm. a, mm-hmm. A, a, a voice of chatter where okay. now there's mm-hmm. another voice speaking into what you might not be doing right. Yes. Or what isn't working. And so what's supposed to be a support system ends up being another layer of expectation or some criticism is not the right word. But, you know, and so then you think, well, even in this own group, I'm not getting it right. (laughs) Right. You know? Yes. And so that adds another layer to what happens internally. Right. And that's, yeah. And that's an awful experience, mm-hmm. an awful feeling to feel as though even among those that it's hard with, somehow mm-hmm. your your heart is different and, mm-hmm. and you haven't figured it out. So, yeah, that shame comes up mm-hmm. really strongly. So there's a lot of different places and ways that bring hurt, difficulties, trauma, secondhand trauma sort of living in the fire of this day-to-day expectations, you know, your own background coming into adoption, coming into parenting, coming to marriage. There's so many layers that can result in this feeling overwhelmed, this Mm -hmm. feeling Mm -hmm. incompetent isn't the right word, but ineffective as a parent, alone as a parent, whatever the term is, there's so many places. It's almost like, wow. Right. Okay, so this is what we see. This is why parents 
call us and they're like, I, I didn't get into it for this. Right. I don't know what I'm supposed to do about this. And they're so focused on helping their child who's acting mm-hmm. a certain way. They have forgotten the impact it's having on them outside of the fact that they know they're tired and right. stressed and right. haven't gone on a date or a vacation. And yes. right outside of that obvious, the internal shame and guilt and question, self-questioning and sure. all that. Yeah. So Mike, really, and the reason why we did this episode is to talk about what do you do? Because it's not like it goes away. You're parenting for the long haul. Right. So what I don't want us to do is be another one of those support group people, right? He says, well, Where just do this. Just yeah. if you only did this, then it's going to be better. And then we just are one mm-hmm. more voice of mm-hmm. chatter one more voice of shame being thrown in. So that's not the intent, but talk through some real practical things, some foundational things that can help um, relieve some of that and bring some healing. Well, and I I think that, you know, we're talking about in some ways the body getting into a state where it is trying to survive Mm -hmm. and it, feels like there aren't the resources that are there are, are necessary. Mm-hmm. And so they're looking around the body, trying to figure out how am I going to, so we've moved from that place, that kind of biological imperative to connect to that place of, I need to figure out how to survive. Right. And so some of getting, what does it require to get our body out of that state? You know, as I was kind of mentioned earlier, there are a number of different things. And I think I wanted to say up front that this is part of the challenge is finding time. So we have to figure out, answer that question as well. Finding time, ways you can find time. And sometime, you know, we like, I would say one of the best things that I personally enjoy, you know, is on YouTube, a yoga for stress and anxiety, right? 20 minute yoga session to refresh the body and refresh the mind and getting that body out your body out of the state of survival mm-hmm. where it's all kind of ramped up with stress and anxiety so well that that does mean you have to find 20 minutes right, right. to do that right. and that's in between things that you're trying to do mm-hmm. none of the things that I'm going to recommend even like that allow you to be on an island and not have some kind of help. Right. And even if your support group isn't the place to necessarily go for sharing how hard it is for you, they might be the place that can come over and watch your kids for 20 minutes while you mm. do the yoga. Mm-hmm. Right. They, you might be able to get that from them. Mm. Um, so I would say you want to learn whether the people in your life are the kind of people who are going to say, oh, well, just try this, or whether they're going to be the people who can, who will who will listen and not make you feel criticized, but will, will offer practical physical mm-hmm. help. Um, and I think that's really significant to do. Sometimes then you may have to find more guided support groups um, that are more ordered for support uh, as opposed to just a number of families that are getting together. Right. You might you might want to do you know some of something more like that. There are some different ones out there. 
these tend to, again, another resource besides time, but they also often sometimes are because they're very focused and ther- therapeutic like that support groups that they require you know, money as well. Mm. Not, not all of them do, but many of them are like that. Mm. Um, so it's a more guided therapeutic support group mm-hmm. um, that you may look into. But the, the idea then of course is things that your body needs, what's refreshing to it, you know, and I'm, you know, uh, I would be the first one to say as a runner that sometimes that is the switch that, that can be flipped, you know, you know, whether it's a 20 minute run or, a, or an hour run that sometimes for my personal welfare, my personal respite, respite, a, a good run helps out with that. Again, it requires time. Mm-hmm. One of the ways that we have acquired uh, time is um, we had the Hands of Hope. Yes. You know, come to our church and do a training. Now that train on how to on the creation of care groups, mm. and the focus of the of of Hands of Hope and the in training of care groups is in particular for foster care to help out with foster care, but uh, we've also used them uh, to help out with those who've adopted mm. and create care groups that can. Uh, you know, people volunteer to, to mow your lawn for you. <laughs> right. So you don't have to do that. People who will t- uh, take your kids to doctor's visits. Mm. That may be something you want to do in your church is reach out to Hands of Hope for some training yep. and develop care groups. Now, I feel partly bad in saying that. And the reason I do is, well, then now it comes back to you to initiate that. Right. It comes back to you to have something to do. And yet it's critical that you that you find time so that you can do the, the uh, things that you that are required for your to, for your respite and to get your body out of that state of of self of self-protection mm-hmm. that becomes really really important sometimes it means we have a couple who takes our kids on Tuesday evenings for three and a half hours that just give Kathy and I time to be together. Mm. You know, that's fantastic. You know, that's something that is, uh, has carries over days of refreshment mm. <laughs> that mm. are there. Such a good yeah. practical way to have those moments and that support outside of professional support that's telling you what you should do it's practical right. support that's right. in the trenches with you right and you know what you it feels hard because you know you can tell yourself well other people don't who have kids don't need someone to mow their lawn <laughs> right they don't need well you know that this is a much higher demand level and you need that time in order to be able to deal with the things that are impacting you mm-hmm. right Mm-hmm. the trauma that you're experiencing. And I know for you, Mike, and if you haven't met Mike yet, I hope I hope that you get to meet Mike. But I know one of the things, and he doesn't talk about this, but he shows us at Care to Change is the way that you care for yourself intentionally. Mm-hmm. When you say, I know my body needs a break right now. Or right. you've said, you know, I keep nuts in the car so that right. when I get home, I'm not walking in hangry. So you've right. made these little lifestyle tweaks that we right. see here at the mm-hmm. office that are like, you know, you're drinking your greens or whatever it is that right. we see you being intentional with caring for your body. So I know when you're saying this, this isn't right. like, hey, everybody, like you're truly 
living this and mm-hmm. yet it takes intentionality it does to yeah. do that yeah i have to prepare for that right mm-hmm. i have to know what i'm going to need and have it with me and it's and it's a real thing because we know that healing um isn't just what happens in our head and heart it's, it's we're going to experience richer fuller healing when we engage our bodies right and really we have to engage our bodies to experience healing right and so without being intentional about respite and care and what we're feeding it right um and movement and that whatever it is that our bodies are needing we will stay in survival state and so the healing that we're desperate to have to get us out of the reactive state won't come right making choices to do things that you enjoy Mm. you know and that because you can forget mm-hmm. wow i enjoy mm-hmm. that <laughs> right I, you're so trying just to get through yes uh this next you know half an hour that you forget oh there are things i enjoy to do and you forget to make space for you to do them so good so i heard you say hands of hope i did as a resource are there any other resources you would recommend you know, I, I think getting yourself in touch with a good yoga <laughs> yep. video or practice where you go uh, would be just fantastic, especially if it's focused on trauma or anxiety, stress relief. And, you know, I, I, I'll put a plug in there. Go because for it. We actually have someone on our team who's That's a trauma informed right. yoga instructor. And so she would easily do a group. What else do you have? You know, I, I think that there are some, if you were interested in, there are like a place called um, the Oasis Community, a local guy, mm-hmm. Mike and Kristen Berry. They do a support group for adoptive uh, families, one not quite as local in Michigan. It's called The Club. Robin Goble, that we, many people would know about her, do a therapeutic adoption support group that would be guided. So you would be, you know, you wouldn't be hit with as many well-meaning Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. So those are a couple uh, that you can look into, and I'm sure that you can, you know, you're likely to find one uh, close by you. I know my sister has gone to um, a retreat center, and I should know the state, and I don't, but it's called a Mother's Rest, mm. and it's for moms, right. uh, adoptive moms who need a weekend, right? And there's no cost; they run completely on donations you just have to get yourself there and she's um said i'll go for a weekend wow and it's just a home for right replenishing for moms that's fantastic um, of adoptive parents i don't know if men can go i just know that it's called a mother's rest and right maybe men can go i don't know but right uh, put the link in <laughs> whoever's interested can can look that up well mike thank you again oh, you're so welcome for all the listeners we never promised you that we would give you light, fluffy topics. There's lots of podcasts for that. You can go to those. Um, We want to bring you real topics and offer you some really practical solutions so that you can make the change that you want. And this series on healing has been a rich, rich series talking about ACEs and trauma and tragedy. And, and even today talking about adoption because it's all real, real life, real people, real experiences. And that's um, right. So Anyway, thank you, Mike, for coming here. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you to the listeners. If you have comments or questions or you are in this space for needing healing, and maybe it's for something we haven't even mentioned this month, maybe it's for something completely different. We know there are lots of other 
things that bring the need for healing. Uh, It's really why we're here. So I want to encourage you to reach out, connect with us, ask questions by texting our care line. We put that number in the the show notes, Um, share this with your friends and family. And we're so honored to walk this journey with you. Next week, we're going to be starting a new series and we're going to begin talking about marriage. So the series in October is all about marriage, what to do when you're not in love anymore, what to do when he's betrayed you, when stepkids seem to be ruining your relationship and what to do when there's abuse. So we've got some more yeah, <laughs> difficult topics. topics, but it's about marriage and it's the real thing. And so join us uh, in October for our next series. And thank you so much. Um, it's an honor to, to walk this journey with you all. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Care to Change podcast, where we offer you practical solutions for positive change. We invite you to follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube to hear more about our conversation topics. Check out the show notes below to see resources mentioned in this episode. If you have any questions or would like additional information, please reach out to us on our care line at 317-979-7133 or email us at help at care2change.org. We thank you again and hope you will join us for more of our podcast conversations.